Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Who Invited Her? We are San Diego's LGBTQ pop culture podcast. I am your host, Tony, and I'm here with my other host. I'm Megan. And you guys, she's the only one here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, Bashy Aww. is still gone this week. He's still feeling under the weather. He has mono. Yeah, and Miss Miriam T is in a cave somewhere. She has, we don't know. cocaine. So today, <laughs> we have somebody that's been on the epi- on the show a few times, all the way from south of the border, Minchaletta! Yay! Hey, everyone. <laughs> and Mexican Eric's there, too. We are cocktail boy. Mexican Eric sitting on the floor and... Part of my collection is here because I'm going to collect all the Eric's. All the Eric's. So I have a Mexican Eric, I have a black Eric, and I have a white Eric. Wait. <laughs> Can we just rewind? Yes. You just said Mexi Eric is sitting on the floor. Oh, I did? No, he's on the where he should be. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's what I was like, good boy, that, good, that good boy. boy. That, no, that, was, that was racist to, and transphobic. Right? Thank time. you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we have white Eric and Mexican Eric today as our cocktail boys. And they're in twin Speedos today, you guys. <laughs> yes. Double the fun. Double the fun, yes. Mm-hmm. They're striped Speedos, like zebras. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know oh, where we're where we're going on that one. I like we just say Beetlejuice three times. Yep. And they yes. show up in a cocktail. Yes. Uh, Mexicans. Eric says B, and then his says Juice. Wait. Why? Speaking <laughs> of Beetlejuice, together. They're, aren't they coming out with a remake of Beetlejuice? I, yeah, I did not know. I, heard that. I saw about that. the trailer. What do you or think like now the trailer. I think it's great. Is it gonna be Michael Keaton? Again, I want to say yes, but yeah. fact check, fact check, fact check, <laughs> fact check. Thank you, cocktail boy Eric. <laughs> How have you been, Michelada? I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually surprisingly not hungover on a Saturday. I know we were a little responsible. We went we went out last night to number one, and it, you know we were good. You have a show coming up today at number one, right? It, no, it is at Moe's. At Moe's. It is Miriam's Tea, tea Party. party. Yes. When do you do, what's the tea? It is the third Saturday, third Friday of every month. So next Friday. Next Friday, yes. yes. And Miriam's going to be in it. It is her birthday, yes. so we're, we're celebrating her birthday, and um, we're going to have also uh, Lolita in it, and then we're also having Annabelle Valentino in oh, it. Oh, how fun. So today is a very special episode. We have a very special guest calling in, in a bit, Bernardo Puccio. Did I say that right, Rob? Yes. Hi, the, Rob. Rob's by, here. <laughs> by the way, I'm here too, everybody. Yes, uh, Rob's here. <laughs> yes, Bernardo Aww. Puccio. Puccio, yes. He's going to call in. He is like the interior designer to the stars. He, um, His memoirs is just coming out in October, so he's going to call in and we're going to talk to him. He, had, he was friends with um, Liz Taylor and designed the first AIDS fundraiser thing that she was really famous for. And... The first woman he ever slept with was Lana Turner, screen star Lana Turner. Get is, it. Is it the first woman and only woman? Uh-huh. There you go. Yep. yep. <laughs> so we're going to talk to him all about that. I got a chance to read his memoirs, and it is fascinating. Like, he has lived a very interesting life with the rich and famous and all of that. Like, he has some great stories. And he he almost died. Like, he was mm-hmm. on death's door with his liver disease and all that and survive that. So we're going to talk to him about all of that when he calls in in a little bit. So I'm super excited about that. Um, Oh, and I wanted to say next week, 
we have a really special guest too. We have our friend Roz. Yes. Who Roz travels. Mm-hmm. So me and Mexican Eric got to sit down and do an interview with her because she is going to be going down to Costa Rica to do ayahuasca. Right. And with Chelsea. Going, oh, yeah. Chelsea Handler so she's did. going down there for, um, it's a five, seven day trip to do this. And it's this whole mental purging thing that she's going down. And we had a really interesting conversation with her of what she's expecting to get out of it. And then she's in after she goes on her trip, after she does the ayahuasca, she's coming back on the show to tell us what really happened. (laughs) Outside of the, like, hopefully she doesn't shit her pants and barf a thousand times. She is. She's hoping so. (laughs) But why Costa Rica, though? I mean, can't you do do ayahuasca in your backyard? You'll have to listen to the episode. There is a very specific reason why Costa Rica for her. Yeah. To go to Isla Nublar and see the dinosaurs. (laughs) Right? Every time I think of Costa Rica, I just think of Jurassic Park. I'm like, I want to know if Aww. Isla Nublar really exists. <laughs> so Miriam T will be there? No? <laughs> Getting off. Poor girlfriend. I know. She's a busy lady. <laughs> oh, Miriam. Yeah, and then at the end of the month, we have one of my favorite drag queens and one of my favorite podcasters, Roz Dress for Less, is coming on to talk about her show, Ghosted. Which, if you guys haven't heard it, it's an amazing podcast. She talks about ghost stories with celebrities, but she does it in a very funny, draggy way. And I can't stop listening because it's just so ridiculously funny. So she's going to come on the show and talk about that and a bunch of other things that she's doing. So we have like a packed rest of the month. So we're just going to interrupt you at so one of your favorite drag queens. Oh, one so fuck, oh, fuck my drag then, right? Oh, yeah. You're like, <laughs> I think Minchilada is like a number, she's a solid 17 on my list. <laughs> I'm kidding. And it's okay. There she I, goes. I peaked at 17. <laughs> Didn't we all? Yeah, Didn't we at the phone? <laughs> Look, she came with jokes. <laughs> well, I had to. I had to fill in for Miriam. That's a big that's seat. Not, that's a big seat to fill. Oh, it's, it's like it's like it's like a what's it got sectional. Have you, it's a sectional. Okay. Have you ever put on like just like randomly put on one of Miriam's wigs? Even her head is so fucking big. <laughs> like the wig does not like you. You can tell it's like you put on someone's like hat that was way too big for you. Oh, that's how no. Miriam's wigs are, and then it's, they're stiff. <laughs> we don't want to know why they're stiff. Oh, they got body. Oh, yeah. Some body's been in it. Just like her. <laughs> oh, Megan's like, uh-huh. crusty. I'm speechless. Crusty, cum filled. And we are still talking about her wigs. Yes. <laughs> and not Miriam herself, because that is crusty and cum filled. But, no, I'm kidding. So, speaking of crusty and cum filled, Megan, are you caught up on Handmaid's Tale? <laughs> That's Miss Crusty and come build to you. Megan, are you caught up on Handmaids? Because we oh. have been religious this season about it. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. 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 Turn it so, down. Season finale it. just happened this week. God. What oh do you God. think? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, it's funny because a lot of people think this season has been lackluster. Yeah. But I'm like, you know what? No, it's not. Like, look at the world that they're living in. It's not yes, lackluster. Yes, yes, yes. I okay. agree. The first 10 minutes of that last episode, I feel every fucking person in America needs to watch it before they go out and vote next year. Yes. Seriously, just watch the first five minutes. I made Eric watch it. Oh, you did? Yeah, he <laughs> like he doesn't like watching. Which Eric? Eric? White, White Eric. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> what translucent Eric. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, translucent <laughs> Eric. No, I already gave him a drag name. What is, what is White so, Eric's drag So name? we did, I, we, I put him in drag, we did the um, Edina and Patsy from um, Absolutely Fabulous. <laughs> 
And he was Patsy, but then he was like, well, what should we call him? And I'm like, I, we have to stay true to the Ada family. So yeah. I named him Truve Ada. Truve. We can call her Truvy for short. Truvy. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Did we, did we tell her, our listeners who Eric actually is? Yeah. Eric is my boyfriend. Yeah. Love of your life. But um, bum. That took a sour turn. No, I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He is. He is a love of my life. He's great. So back to Handmaid. So oh. how is the end of the, uh, you know what I really enjoyed about the episode? What they did with the character of Rita. Yes, like oh, uh, and then when Rita she comes too. off the plane and yes. sees June's husband, and she's like, and she did all this. <gasps> she did all this. Yeah, she did all this. But I, I did, did like teary-eyed. what was it last episode when Rita and June were at the, the well, not the commissary, but at the grocery yes. store, and yes. then they were picking potatoes across from each other, oh, and, and then, then they reached out, her head. and I was like bawling. Oh, like, so good. <laughs> uh, so Elizabeth Moss killed it this oh my season. gosh so but this last episode first of all i didn't know it was the finale yeah. i crave more i just want more and more and yeah. more so i'm what like what did you think of janine like coming to the rescue and like <gasps> and she, then they showed the flashback of when she first got picked up and she was like you can tell janine was a rebel yeah like kick ass and then you see her now as a handmaid's all broken down yeah. and i'm hoping that's just foreshadowing to seeing Janine come back to kicking ass. Yes. Okay, guys. So not, next question about handmaids for you guys. So the end of the season shows the other handmaids coming to take June because she cause, her rescue. Yeah, because she, she got cause shot. She was shot. Yeah, because she kind of sacrificed herself yes. for the kids. For she the knew children. it. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you what do you guys think is going to happen for season four? Because it ended on such a cliff. I don't like, know. And then like, they honestly, they're all fucked. I think because oh, yeah. right, they're, gonna they're all going to end up on the wall. They're all going to end up on the wall right. or out in the colonies or some shit. Well, here's what makes me nervous: is the guy like kind of shot her, sort of in the stomach, yeah, ish on the side. So will that be a play? Number one, mm-hmm. number two. You're right; they can't go back because a people like already know the kids are gone and missing, and people are looking. And the commander and the wife were like were murdered oh, to take a kid out. And did all you this see shit. how he turned on Serena at the end? Yes. And now Serena is in trouble. Thank God, because for fucking, rape. Okay, can we talk about when Myra called her a gender traitor? Yes, and I'm like, yes, that yes. she was a fucking gender, gender traitor. traitor. Yeah, but see, God we damn. also out of she got all, her. I'm glad she got hers at the end. Yes. Well, with Mrs. Waterford, remember yeah. how she, like she has moments of weakness, right? For June, so she'll go in, but. This past episode, the first five minutes of how they were treated, yeah, I like keep thinking about that. I'm like, fuck you, Mrs. Waterford. Yeah. Like you're like she was, yeah, part you're of a gender it. traitor for yeah. sure. Like fuck you. Yeah. So, what do you think's gonna happen in season four? They're gonna have to go in hiding or start a rebellion, and they get kick ass and they start the underground rebellion oh. type of thing. And meanwhile, and bring down what's it called, and Gilead. Mean, Gilead. And meanwhile, like quote unquote, Canada is they're even more so pissed off because I think they're going to get now they're going to be like, oh fuck, look at all these kids. Yeah. You know, now yeah. we really need to start taking action and like start. What about a war you, Mitchellado? What do you think is going to happen? Um, well, I, I don't. Know. I think the fact that Commander Lawrence did not leave, she might be able to go mm-hmm. back to that house and be like, I had nothing to do with it. <gasps> I didn't think about like, that. The hand, like, so it was the, all the Marthas left, but Martha's. all the handmaids 
stayed. Aunt so Lydia. What, yeah. So what Aunt could happen? Lydia. What could happen? I fucking can't stand Aunt it. Aunt Lydia, Lydia is, she knows something was up. Like when they were all in that, that walk-in, you know? Oh yeah, she knows something, something was <laughs> Look up. at the Eric's, uh, the Eric's on the bed and their Speedos are just like, we don't know what you're talking like, about. Excuse me, they're not on the bed, they're on the floor. <laughs> they're on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> just sprawled out. White Eric's on his back, Mexican Eric's on his stomach, and Speedos. <laughs> fucking lazy bitches. 400 pounds of Eric's. <laughs> Right there, <laughs> making a dent in my floor. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. oh, you guys. So, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have our interview with Bernard Pacchio, who, which is, I'm super excited for. It's going to be a great interview. It's old Hollywood and it's going to be amazing. Interior designer to the stars. Stars. And his book is coming out 13 Pieces of Unmatched Luggage at My Poodle. It's going to be good. What, Rob? You're giving me signs. And we also have our... Oh, Worst worst of the the Worst. worst. Thank you. Worst of the Worst is coming up. This week was funny. It was funny. And Carol. We're going to end it with Carol. Carol. So stay tuned, you guys. We'll be right back. Hello, all you little whoers out there. If you're in the San Diego area and you love live theater, then come on down to OB Playhouse in Ocean Beach. Yeah, that's my theater. Hi, everyone. It's Jenny, and I've been on the show a few times. I'm so excited to tell you about the rest of our shows for this season, starting off with Avenue Q. Yay, I love puppet porn. Me too. Also, we're bringing you Green Day's American Idiot right after that. Can't wait to see that one. It'll be my first time. Me too. Such wonderful music and a great message. And then, just in time for Halloween, it's Heather's, the musical. Oh, it's going to be so very. So very. So if you don't want to miss all these great shows, then come on down to OB Playhouse in Ocean Beach. Hey guys, by now you've all heard us talk about the Hillcrest Social app, where you can not only listen to your weekly dose of Who Invited Her, but you can also find out what's going on in the San Diego Hillcrest neighborhood. Well, we just want to let you know that the Hillcrest Social app is now called Hashtag Now Trending, and it has even more LGBTQ plus content like Palm Springs Pride, Bear World Magazine, Gadio, and Rage Magazine, plus all kinds of out-at events across California and beyond, with even more coming soon. The Hashtag Now Trending app has over 15,000 users scrolling through events, businesses, and resources. With Who Invited Her in the Hashtag Now Trending app, you'll always have pride in your pocket. Hey, everybody. We are back from break, and I'm super excited to talk to our very special guest that we have on the phone. He is an interior designer to the stars. He has partied with the rich and famous. Him and his husband were in an award-winning documentary called An Ordinary Couple, and his memoirs are coming out in October, which I had a chance to read and were so fascinating. His memoirs are called 13 Pieces of Unmatched Luggage and My Poodle. I am very excited to welcome Bernardo Pacchio, how are you doing today, Bernardo? Hello, everyone. Welcome. So, nice talking to you all. You too. I'm super excited to chat with you. So the so your memoirs is coming out in October, and I had a chance to read um, your book. And for people who aren't familiar with you, you have had such a con- colorful life. Um, you yes, have, it has been. You have been with the rich and famous and so many stories, and then... You have battled with liver disease and pretty much was at death's door, and you survived that and just your upbringing. So I wanted to first um, talk to you about 
the memoirs. How did you come up with the book, and where did the title come from? Because that title is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a very interesting question because you know, I, after five years of writing the memoir, and um, finally coming up to the decision to make a ti- for the title of it, I could not come up with an exact title. We, had, we worked on it, many, many titles, and then one morning I woke up about three in the morning. I sat up in bed and I said, "Oh my God, why don't you just title it exactly how you arrived to Beverly Hills, fifty one?" years ago, 13 pieces of unmatched luggage and my poodle. And that's all I had. <laughs> wow, that is amazing. What were some of the other titles you were throwing around? Oh, there were many titles, you know. Um, oh, my God, I, I, I'm just blank with them. But, but there were so many, they were all good titles, but they were just okay. And so I, this to me just hit me, and it was just exactly... Exactly how I am, and and of course now today everyone says Bernardo, you've never had anything that was unmatched, <laughs> and so I said, well, at that time I did. <laughs> so when did you make your way to Beverly Hills? How old were you when you left? Because you grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, Birmingham, Alabama. I was 23 years old, and I had lived with my partner, my first lover, uh, in Birmingham, Alabama. He was, uh, I was. Uh, 17 when I met him, and we lived together for five years there. And he was a disc jockey, and he had a radio station and a television program. And we lived the rich and famous. We traveled with the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and all of the rock and roll people of the 60s. And it was just an incredible, incredible lifestyle. Um, however, we had our own airplane, and we traveled all over everywhere. And it was just an incredible life. But I didn't have any identity of my own. I felt like I was just a possession. And so after five years of just ecstasy with him and I decided you know I wanted to come to Beverly Hills we'd come out here for vacation and I enjoyed it and I thought it was beautiful and I thought it was where I could find me and be the person who I wanted to be and I did so I left him which was devastating and that's all part of the book and uh, that was a big step for a 23 year old guy to just pick up and walk away and leave everything behind but I had to I had to come here to Beverly Hills to be the person I am today and person that I wanted to be yeah and that was what what year was it when you made your when you made that change to come out I left in 1968 dang wow and it was such a different time back then still how well that was during the civil rights movement you know in Alabama especially and um it was a terrible time to be gay or to be black or be any other color, and it was just almost like what's happening in the world today. And so it was very, very discriminated, just a lot of discrimination. And so uh, I came to Beverly Hills, and it was like, you know, because I was such a different-looking person, uh, being a gay man, and I grew, grew up... Uh, always being very pretty and it was very (laughs) difficult in the south but when i came to beverly hills i fit in with everybody else so it just worked out perfectly you know i was not an outcast and i i felt very comfortable and so it was easy for me it was just an easy move and uh, i fit in with the beautiful people of beverly hills in california and uh, I've had the greatest life in the world. You can never ask for any more. Yeah. And when you guys were together for those five years and uh, living in Alabama, were you guys openly out? Yeah, with the you know what, first- openly out was not even existing in in the in the South in those days. Uh, you know, people. I'm sure the people that we traveled with were all, as I said before, rock and roll people, and so they probably knew 
what was going on, but nothing was openly out. And uh, we lived in the, you know, they knew we lived together, but still it was never mentioned. Yeah. And how is your childhood? Because I know in the book you talk very, very, your relationship with your mom, you describe her as your best friend. And the way you talk yes, about I her Yes, I had the, the greatest was... relationship with my mother. Um, you know, I didn't realize it until I was 70 years old that my relationship with my mother was so incredibly intense and that she prepared me for this life that I have been living for the last 50 years. And, um, you know, because as I said earlier, a few minutes ago, I was so extremely pretty. I looked like a Elizabeth Taylor as a boy. And, <laughs> and not only that, I was small and tiny and fragile and artistic and creative. And so my nickname became Faccio Bella, which means an Italian beautiful face. And so I had to go through life being called Pretty Face. And it was very difficult going through school and all that, especially when I was in all the plays and played the lead act and did the sets and the costumes. And and I was prettier than any other girl. So it was just, <laughs> I just learned to deal with it. So uh, <laughs> it was just something I learned to deal yeah. with. Instead of, it, instead of it being in... I just said, okay, fuck it. I'm just the way I am. I'm going to be this way, there you and I'm going to love it. That is awesome. <laughs> and yeah, your parents, you know, you, were they, they immigrated from Italy, right? No, they did not. Their, par their parents did, okay. my grandparents. They came from Sicily to Birmingham, and they came from Italy to find work in America, as so many of those people in that era at time. Yeah. And they went to Birmingham because there was a steel mill there. And they all went to work there. Then my family decided to open up their own grocery business. Mm -hmm. And so I was raised in a grocery business with my father and mother. And it was a wonderful life, you know? Yeah. And you talk about that in the book. And you had a great relationship with your sister, too, that you talk about in yes, the book. Yes, I did. Too, I had two nothing. sisters. I had my older sister, who I loved dearly. And she passed away a few years ago from breast cancer. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was very, very close with her. Yeah, and then, um, so I like the part in the book how the beginning of the book is structured because you went through liver disease. And in the book starts with your journey of coming to where you had to have the liver trans transplant. And then... Well, let me just summarize a little bit about that sure. because uh, my life became, when I came to Beverly Hills, California, and my first meeting was with a major movie star, Lana Turner. And my life became so involved in all of that, her life and the drinking and the partying and the, and then it just went into such a heavy, heavy, everything was around cocktails. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, my life really was a cocktail party yeah. and still is at some point. It's just, I don't drink anymore. So I really got into the drinking with everybody else and enjoy it so much. And then I got hepatitis, and the hepatitis damaged my liver. And then the liver uh, from hepatitis it went into cirrhosis. And all of the years of all the drinking, um, and I stopped for a while, and then I went back to it. And so it caused my liver to be so damaged. And so for 13 years, I knew I had liver damage. And I kept thinking it would just... You know, like an idiot. I just thought it would disappear. Well, nothing disappears. It just got continually you worse. Got the truth. <laughs> and for, and finally, I was told by so many doctors that if you don't stop drinking, you're going to die from liver disease. 
And I just was in complete denial. And uh, finally, I said, you know, uh, I went to a specialist after about probably 20. And he was a very smart-ass guy from New York. And he said to me, you know, if you don't stop drinking, and this was in October, he said, if you don't stop drinking, you will be dead by Christmas. Oh, no. And I looked at him and I said, doctor, I said, let me tell you something. First of all, you have the worst bed ma- bedside manners I've ever seen. <laughs> and I said, if you, send me, and if you send me a bill, I'll throw it in the garbage where you belong. <laughs> and I walked out of his office. I walked out of his office in a cool, cool fall day. And I had three, uh, three things came to my mind what I could do. I could either drive my new Jaguar off the cliff and end it all. Or I could go to the nearest bar and get completely shit-faced drunk and forget about it. Or I could decide to have the liver transplant and uh, live a life. And that's what I did, the latter thing. So I chose that, and the rest is history. And I went in. I had the transplant. Thank God it was a success. And 10 years later, 10 years in March. And so it's been a a real whirlwind. But... Um, the main purpose of writing my book was to explain to someone who was as near death as I was and sick as I was that there is a hope. And and when your doctors are telling you that you need to have this or do that, do what they tell you and yeah. go with it because the alternative is to live. And, you know, if I hadn't, I would have been dead 10 years ago. Yeah. And so, how did um, that, how did that, when you made the decision and especially going through the transplant and you come out of the, on the other end, how did your outlook on life change? Like how did waking up every morning after that change for you? Well, I'll tell you, it changed me completely. It made me a different person. It made my perspective of life change. It made my perspective of people change. I cannot be around people who are sloppy drunk or who overuse uh, medications and drugs. And I can't just, because life is so beautiful and so precious. And God has been so good to me to give me the second time around. So I have been... It's just made me... uh, Not that I'm a religious fanatic or anything. I just thank God for the second chance to live my life. Yeah. And I try to do the best I can. That's why I have um, been with my partner for 43 years. Wow. We survived wow. the AIDS epidemic. Wow. I, I went to work with Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, she called my office, and I don't still to this day don't know how she reached me. <laughs> and I went to work with her for the first AIDS ep- um, event that we created in 1985 the Commitment to Life Awards, and um, Rock Hudson was dying in the hospital in Paris, and he had AIDS, and everyone in Hollywood was very afraid to get involved in the situation. But once Elizabeth Taylor opened it up to the world and exposed it and brought, put her name to it, people came out from everywhere. And we we had the first event at the Bonaventure Hotel in Los Angeles. We had 3,500 people, and it was a night like no one has ever seen ever seen anything like it. And all the celebrities came out for it. And I was the event coordinator and designer. And then I worked with Elizabeth beyond many, many other events mm-hmm. after that. So I became very involved in the movement for AIDS, yeah. trying to 
educate people. Yeah, and that part of the book is, is very fascinating how you go into it in the book. Um, how was like how was it meeting Elizabeth Taylor the first time when you had your first face to face with her? Like how you did know, that that's feel? A, that's the greatest question anyone has ever asked me. <laughs> I was waiting for that question. I know, because I'm like, I, I was like, is he going to ask it or it am was, I going to ask it? <laughs> I, would, I would be like, yeah, you, know, you, surpri- <laughs> you surprised me with that question because I would... But that was the greatest moment of my entire life. Oh, I bet. Meeting Elizabeth Taylor. She, it was on a Sunday afternoon at a club here. It's called Trump's. I don't know why. It's no longer that. Thank God. Yes. And so, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Oh, thank God. It's now called, it was Morton's at that time. And yeah. so, um, and it changed. And so, anyway, she gets out of the limousine and she had just gotten back from Puerto Vallarta. And so she was so suntanned and she had on this navy and white polka dot dress all in pearls and she gets out of this limousine and I'm standing right there and she comes over to me and we start talking and I couldn't listen to what she was saying. I knew her mouth was moving but I couldn't hear. I could just see her violet eyes and looking deep into me. It was like I had gone into another dimension. (laughs) It was the most awesome awesome and every time we would sit and talk and have meetings and everything Mm -hmm. I just felt that she was the most kind human being, loved people. She loved gays, especially. <laughs> and all her friends were gay. Yeah, I mean, if you don't, to hell with you. Exactly. So, <laughs> she was really one of the greatest pleasures of my life, and uh, it was just the greatest. And I, as I said a few minutes ago, for how she got to me, I'll never in my life know, uh, but it was cer- certainly a blessing to get to meet her and know her and work with her and spend uh, her secretary um she passed away from cancer her name was Shen Sam C A G N and she was Mid-Eastern and she was an angel and she became one of my best friends and we just came to all my dinner parties and we just became very very and she said Elizabeth just loves you she just all she does is talk about you all the time <laughs> and we just had such a good time together i mean those were great days, yeah. I got to tell you. So I want to ask you about Lana Turner. How did that relationship start? Because that's another fa- fascinating part of the book that everybody's got to read when it comes out. You really have to. Yeah, because it was very, so very. That was a, a stepping stone in my life that, you know, um, I always say you have to be at the right place at the right time. And everything is just you know, not planned. It just happens. And so I was sharing an apartment. My When I first came to California, I didn't have a home or a job or anything. So I met this young man in a bar and he was looking, he had just gotten off the tour with the Young Americans with Johnny Mathis and he needed a roommate and I was looking for a place because I was staying with some friends in Hollywood. And he said, would you like to share my apartment? And I said, sure, until I get my feet on the ground and decide I'm going to stay in California. I wasn't sure. And so we became roommates for about eight or nine months and uh, strictly just friends. And he went for an interview. He said that day he went for an interview with Lana Turner. He said, now, uh, I am really hoping I get this job because he was desperately broken. He said, I said, well, if she calls, he said, if the phone rings, please answer it. So that night she called about nine o'clock and I answered the phone and she said, Mass, speak to Taylor was his name, and I said, "Well, I'm sorry, he's not in." And I said, "Who's speaking?" And she said, "This is Lana Turner." 
And then as I'm talking to her, which I thought I was going to pee my pants. (laughs) As I was talking to her, she started, because she was a heavy, heavy drinker, Mm -hmm. she started choking on her vodka. (laughs) And so I politely, being a Southern boy, I said, Miss Taylor, put put the phone down and go and get some water and come back. So she did exactly as I told her. I'm good at directing directing people. So she came back to the phone and she said, oh, my God, darling, excuse me. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she says, Bernard, I, please forgive me. And um, I, Taylor came in for an interview today as my personal secretary, and I would like to hire him. And I said, oh, Miss Taylor, I mean, Miss Turner, excuse me. Uh, he will be very, very excited to hear that. He was hoping that you would hire him. And she said, well, he mentioned you in the interview, and I look forward to meeting you. I said, "Miss Turner, I have lived my whole life watching your movies and all of the, everything you've ever been in. And I said, speaking to you is very exciting for me. And I said, I hope that we can meet. And she said, oh, I'm sure we'll become good friends. Well, we became best friends. Mm-hmm. She became such a good friend, she fell in love with me. Ah. And, and, and as, as you read in the book, it became a little bit more than a friendship. Oh, yes, it did. And I had to, uh, had to end it because um, I wasn't involved. I didn't want to be involved in her in that way. And so um, uh, please read the book and you'll yeah. find out all the full yeah, description. There is, there is a lot of juicy details in the book about that relationship you had with And I did not put everything in the book. I mean, oh, you, you know, didn't? Ooh, now I'm really <laughs> No, <curious>. I didn't. <laughs> like, what parts I, didn't you put in the book? I'm curious now because I read it. And, well, I put some good parts, but yeah, I just did. didn't want it to be X-rated. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, being that I was such a different-looking person yeah. and I had my own original look and, uh, I guess, my own style, everywhere I would go, I would be picked up or try to be picked up by either men, women, or whoever. It was just, that was Hollywood in those days, and things were a lot different. And um, I was picked up by so many straight movie stars. Oh, really? Um, they thought they were straight. And, um, <laughs> they thought yeah. they were straight. Yeah, I, I, they I, thought they were until they met me, and that's what <laughs> Bernardo <laughs> turned them like that. He's like, give yeah. me 30 seconds, we'll be good. Yeah, I, I did oh, just give me a few seconds, and that's over with that. That's and that happened with so many, and uh, there was one in the book that I mentioned. I cannot mention his name because his wife is still alive, and uh, <laughs> I don't want to get sued. No. What, but, what um, does it rhyme with? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> does it rhyme with Streichen? <laughs> but, but for some reason, straight men were just fascinated with me because, oh, really? you know, as I said, I, I had this look that they just loved, and and they got, I got along great with straight men. I mean, I still do. My most my friends are uh, most of my friends are straight women and men, and uh, so I've always had a great life with both mixed gays and yeah. both people. It doesn't matter. I like people. Period. So, how did you start your career in interior design, and what were some of the the celebrities that you worked with while you were doing? Well, you know, I really started my interior design career in Birmingham, Alabama. I started doing window display for a department store, and then I went from window display into the furniture business and and the furniture department, and then 
then into the interior design department and then I studied with one of the biggest interior designers in the South and I was sort of her protege and she taught me the world and, and um, I worked with her for three years and then I left there and that was in Birmingham and then I moved to Beverly Hills and my first job was uh, my first job as an interior designer was at Robinson's Beverly Hills and that's where I also got to meet all of the real major celebrities and my clients like Kelly Savalas and so many, 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 uh, Lana and many others uh, that I worked for in the entertainment business. And that was uh, the beginning. You know, those were the first years. And I worked with all of the celebrities. It was just, uh, you know, they came into that store and I was the decorator and they just loved it. And as I said before, I just fit in with them. It was just an easy situation for me. I was never an outcast. I have a question for you. Yeah, Out of nice. all the celebrities you've come in contact with outside of Lana and Elizabeth, mm-hmm. who do you find so nice? I mean, who who was very nice to you? Who did you like? Who did you really get along with? Out of all the celebrities, who made an impression on you? And the follow-up to that question is, and who was the biggest bitch of them? <laughs> <laughs> the biggest bitch? <laughs> He knew he knows that one. <laughs> Bernardo's like, let me take out my list. Yeah. <laughs> Which list? There were so <laughs> many, but you know what? They never really, they never really tangled with me. I, oh, I, really? Because I'm Sicilian. Oh, I, there very you go. few people would, <laughs> very few people would tangle with me because you know I learned a long time ago. You know, you are who you are, and no one can tell you what to do. But I think my favorite person that I ever met, and it, it was Elizabeth Taylor. I mean, truly, she was the kindest, most gentle, loving human being in the world. I worked with so many, you know, Betty Davis and all these other oh people, God. but they were just, so they cool. were just, they were just business people, you know, and they, they were just uh, normal, mean survivors of the movie business. Right. Yeah. And, but Elizabeth was the most generous, kind, giving human being of herself. She wasn't a selfish person, and and as I said so many times, she she loved being around gays, and she just appreciated us. Uh, Lana was a a totally different person than Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, Lana was into herself. Uh, Lana was strictly a movie star that was made by the studios. Not that Elizabeth wasn't, but uh, Lana was uh, she was taught everything, and she didn't live like Elizabeth. Uh, Lana lived in an apartment, and I moved her in in, uh, in Century Towers. She died there. Um, she lived a very simple, plain life. Uh, she didn't have the jewelry like Elizabeth. She didn't. Uh, when, of course, when she went on sets, they had all that for her. And when she traveled, they had all that for her. But she didn't have all of what Elizabeth Taylor had. Elizabeth was surrounded by fabulous, fabulous art the most incredible jewelry collection in the world. And uh, she lived like a real, real star. Like a celebrity. And celebrity. Uh, the rest of the ones that I knew, so many like Esther Williams. and oh my God. Uh, I mean, it's just uh, Ann Jeffries, I don't know if you knew her. Yeah. She was just an angel. She was sweet, kind, loving, and... I mean, there's just so many that I can't even think of right now, but they were all loving, loving, caring people, but... The one that really meant, I mentioned so much is Elizabeth Taylor because yeah. she was the most giving human being in the world of herself. Yeah. 
So I, the rest were so selfish. They just wanted everything <laughs> just to themselves. <laughs> you know, and they just thought everything should be done around them. You know, and yeah. uh, so and I, I, it didn't that didn't bother me. It's just because yeah. I knew what they were like. Exactly. But uh, but uh, Alana was and Elizabeth were so completely different from each other. And then you and your husband have been together forty three years. You and um, right forty three years. Can you imagine? Yeah, I know. That's a lifetime. It's, it's a long time. Me and Rob, me and my partner Robert hitting ten years, and we're like, Jesus Christ! Good luck. <laughs> so what's the Good secret? Luck. What's the see, that's exactly what's what the I was going to ask. It doesn't get any easier. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> And, Good luck. And you guys, um, how was it for you, you two? Because it, it talks about it in um, the documentary that you guys did, An uh, mm-hmm. Ordinary Couple. Just when you guys met, getting a gay marriage wasn't even... even con- oh, no. I mean, and no, then no. now, <laughs> like, how did, how, did you ever think that was going to happen in your lifetime? Never really did. You know, it was never something that I thought about. Mm-hmm. Um being with my first partner, he wanted to get married because that was not even mentioned in the sixties in those days. But um he gave me a wedding ring and a church and all that. That was our wedding type to him. He was so much in love with me that it was unbelievable. Oh. I mean, uh and then when when I was with Oren after all these years and uh, gay marriage became available for us to, to get married I really d- didn't think it was necessary, but he really was emphatic. He wanted to get married, and I said to him, "I said I'll get, I'll get married under two conditions: you don't tell me how much money I can spend, and you don't have anything to do with it. <laughs> I like doing things my way, and just don't limit me to what I can spend because I don't have any limitations in my life." And you guys and got so, married at the Four Seasons, right? You had a huge it was a Four Seasons hotel in Beverly Hills, two hundred fifty guests, mm-hmm. oh, and you have to understand. Being an interior designer in Beverly Hills, California, and you're known in all, you're on all the papers and you're on all the magazines and you're always seen with everything. And all of a sudden, gay marriage is going to happen, and and you can get married. And here, I'm allowed to do what I'm going to do. And I said, Oh my God, they're going to expect the world. And I said, You know, because I had given so many parties through all my life and. Everything was like in a special event in the production. So I thought, well, if we're going to do this, I have really got to make this spectacular. And so I had to put it together, and, and I did. It was beyond anything they'd ever, ever seen and may never see again. And so, as I said, the Kardashians have a lot to learn from us <laughs> because, I mean, it was Agreed. in perfect yes. taste. It was in exact perfect taste and done so well. The only difference from our wedding to a uh, heterosexual wedding is that it was two men. And it was done so classy. And, I mean, it was magnificent, just truly magnificent. And we still have raves from the four seasons <laughs> thing. They never had a wedding like that before. No, I, I think you probably... I I am curious to know what the guest list was for that wedding. What celebrities came out for that one? I had so many celebrities and so much money there and so many jewels. I had to have three (laughs) security guards put on premises. Oh, my God. uh, They had one, and I said, no, bring in two more because, I mean, we had – it was truly – it was a magnificent evening. And it was – it's part of it's in the movie – 
Um, and then I had Kevin Lee, who is the biggest floral designer in California. He's with L.A. Premier and outrageous queen who did the flowers. And I mean, it was beyond anything anyone had ever seen. <laughs> the flowers were $60,000, so they just went nuts. Jeez. I mean, it was, it was like a fantasy world. But hey, you, the, I, I would do that for my wedding shoot. I'd go all out. <laughs> well, I did. I did. Well, I went all out. Like, what wedding? I was giving you side <laughs> As you read in the book, my yeah. favorite toy was my mother's wedding dress. Yes. So you can, yes. you can imagine having a wedding. You never thought you'd be able to have your own wedding. And so uh, when we were allowed to be, get married, within that three month or six months period, whatever it was, um, we decided to do it and do it right. Yeah. What do you think of now with because when you were growing up and when you and your husband first got together, it was such a different climate for especially for the gay community. And then now you have RuPaul's Drag Race on TV and it's just become so mainstream as far as with that, even though there's still a lot of work to do, to be done. How do you feel about that? Like, how does seeing the world change compared to when when you and your husband were first starting or even when you first came out? Well, I think it's a miracle, and I think it's wonderful. I think it's about time. And I think uh, that the world is now accepting gays for who we are as just another type of human being. But, see, I always felt that being gay made me superior, not inferior. And I hope that I, that's what I try to go out when I go out and speak to people. I love that. Especially gay groups. Don't ever feel <laughs> inferior. Because you're gay, you're superior. Damn, I and love so, that. And, you know, we're, we're, we're smarter, we're better looking, and we hell know what to do. And so just Amen. take advantage of it. Gay men. You know, don't, gay men. Don't ever take a, I don't take a back seat to anyone. <laughs> and, and never have, never will. I went right up front, and uh, I can exactly. they see me, and they know I'm here. And so uh, don't ever feel, because you're gay, that you're less than anyone else, because we're not. I feel we're God's chosen people. And, and you know what? Don't ever feel, because you just are different, that you should be treated differently. And that's, that's not my philosophy. I go out, and I scream and holler, and I let them know that well, I'm here, and... I'm not leaving. I I love that. That is a great motto to live by. <laughs> and it's done you well. I mean, look at your life. No, it has. It's been the first, uh, my theory of my whole life is to go out and just, because I'm different, I'm proud of it. Yeah. And I let them know it. And you know what? People look at you like, boy, you don't mess with him, do you? And I said, <laughs> no, you don't mess with me. So when you were when you were in your heyday and still doing the interior design, like what was your style? What was what were you known for? What did people come to you for? Because they were like, well, you know, I started out in uh, because I worked with the finest design firm in California, Cannell and Chaffin, C A N N E L L C H A F F I N, Cannell and Chaffin. They were the finest design company in the world. In, especially in, Cal- in um, the United States. And um, I was one of their 40 designers. I was the youngest designer they hired. It was a very old world Pasadena company. And they brought me in from where I was working in Beverly Hills. And I brought in all the gay clientele, and I also brought in all the entertainment clientele. So I became their fair-haired child. And, uh, I mean, they had never worked with this kind of wealthy people they had an old pasadena crowd and so um that was really my 
blessing because uh, I became the number one designer for that company. And then after working with them for eight years, I went in my own business and opened it. But that was the greatest learning experience for me in the world because uh, I was doing a, a great eclectic look. I, I was doing a traditional look, but yet I would throw in contemporary pieces. And then I became extremely, extremely contemporary, so contemporary that no one else had done that on the West Coast. Uh, all the mirrors and the black and the lacquer, and I became very high-style contemporary, and designers were coming in from New York and trying to copy me. And so I was in all the big magazines like uh, Architectural Digest and Designers West and so many magazines because all of my looks were so sleek. It was like a Chanel look with the mirrored staircases and iron and chandeliers. So I created my own look, and it was called a black tie approach and very sophisticated and very contemporary and very chic and very expensive. <laughs> so that's what put me on the map. Oh, that is amazing. So back, I wanted to go back to celebrities. So out of the celebrities that are around now, who would you either want to work with or you haven't met that you're like, I want to do something with them or at least like go out and have coffee with them? Like who do you, who do you look at nowadays and go, this is well, the, that type of celebrity? You mean the celebrities of today? Yeah. Oh, I would love to really have gotten to know Cher and um, Madonna and uh, so many of the celebrities today are really, really, you know, down-to-earth people. Uh, yeah. Lovely. I mean, uh, but I, I, they're so talented, and, and they're, they're not like the movie stars, like in the... And 60s and 70s of Hollywood, yeah, definitely. They are different, and they live differently, and their taste is so different. But um, I mean, there's so many. To me, my favorite actress actress is Jennifer Lopez, and that would be my idol to meet and to get to know her. I, uh, her, I think she's yes. the most talented person we have going right now. Her dance and her singing, and mm -hmm. she's just number one to me. Yeah, and she just had a residence in yes. Las Vegas that killed it. Yes, she and I wanted to go see it, and I didn't get to. I saw but, it. Uh, yeah. She was amazing. Yeah, oh, you did yeah. see it? I saw it. Yeah, it was good. Oh, to me, she's just the epitome. I mean, she and I would hit it off like. Oh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> and she made a pack with the man downstairs because she does not age. <laughs> She looks no, amazing. No, and that body is what, I, yes. I mean, how she keeps that is amazing. Well, and she, for her new movie, Hustler, where she plays a stripper. The, oh, I'm dying to see oh, that, me too. too. I cannot wait. Well, I know she doesn't drink. No. So no. there's that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. She doesn't yes. drink. She's she not doesn't drink. drink. Well, I, we have that in common. Oh, you I don't guys, Bernardo, <laughs> you and her would hit it off yeah. great. Seriously. Yeah. Well, I, I guess that's how she keeps that body. Exactly. But she is the most... She is a really major talent. Right. Oh, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, we talk about um, J-Lo on the podcast a few times. <laughs> Where are you guys located? We're in San Diego, California. So we're just south oh, of Oh, you're in San Diego. Yeah. I didn't show. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're not Beautiful place. <laughs> yes, we love San Diego. Um, so I wanted to get back to the book. In the book, you also talk about um, when you were growing up in Birmingham, Alabama, you didn't realize you were gay until later on like when did that click in your brain especially in those times it was way different than kids now who can go to high school in school and come out and be fine but when you were growing up and i know for me personally when i was in high school it was 
it was a very different time than now. So how was well, that? Well, I for think you? I realized that uh, you know, in my early early teens, um, thirteen, I realized that I was attracted to men and I wasn't attracted to women. I loved women. I liked being around women, but I felt when I saw a good-looking man, I was more attracted that to him did it for you. than I was to him. So I realized then, and then I, as uh, 13 or 14 years old, um, I had a neighbor friend of mine, and he was a good-looking guy, and he started approaching me, and then I had a sexual encounter with him, and then I realized that I wasn't into women, it was more meant to men. Correct. Oh, yeah. wow. My sexual experience with Lana Turner was my only and first. And don't and give that away. One. Save that for people to read the book because it's a right. very oh, key yes. part of the book. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I have, I have a question for you. So what do you want to be remembered for? What legacy do you want to leave behind, um, you know, after getting to know you and after people read your book? What do you want to be remembered for? Oh, I like that question. Well, the main thing in my world uh, that I've created, and believe me, I've created – my own Puccio Designs world, uh, is that I have left a legacy that I have done everything exactly the way I wanted to do it. And um, I have never left anything undone. Everything I've ever touched, and I was out with a group last night in show business, and they said, Bernardo, everything you've ever done, you've done it at such extreme and such great taste that we can never forget it. Because... When I was very, very sick with the liver problem, and I knew I was going to die, and I knew it was inevitable as much as I didn't want to accept it. So when I went out to all the cemeteries looking for, I figured I'd better plan for the final. So I went to the cemetery that would allow me to build uh, a monument that would anything I wanted to do. And there was one cemetery that would allow me to do that. And so I built this 12-foot marble Roman and Greek monument, and after it was built, it was so incredible. It took them three years to build it, and it's just all white marbles, I said, and it's just magnificent. So after that, and then I was getting progressively sicker, um, I decided, well, since the monument is finished and it's so beautiful that I think I'll have a party to show all my friends and and, uh, have an unveiling of it, and so we did. Well, it went viral all over the world. Yes, it did. <laughs> on, on the Internet that this outrageous interior designer, eccentric person, gave a party before he dies of a celebration of life. And it went viral all over the world, as I said. And that's how the movie came about. Exactly. Because after that, they made the movie. And then after that, you know, I became this outrageous gay queen (laughs) who would do anything. Yeah, an ordinary couple, the documentary movie. Yeah, that's how that started. Yeah, and it goes into the the monument that you built and all of that, and it is a fascinating film. If anybody hasn't watched it, go watch it, because it's really fascinating, and it's a really Well, you know, I never thought I was... I never thought I was funny in my life, but oh, really? in that movie, I, I'm hysterical. <laughs> yes. I, I just play myself. What oh, can I do? It's so great. It's so entertaining and so fascinating. Just like learning about Yeah, you about must your life see an ordinary couple. You can go on and uh, Google it and, uh, and and watch the movie or watch the trailer of it. And uh, we've been we traveled all over the country with the film and won several several awards. And yeah, um, it, won, it won a lot of it was at the Out Festival in LA. Yeah. You guys and did in that. Houston, Texas, yep. we won the best film of the yep. 
festival. And uh, so anyway, we traveled with that for about three years, and we had a good time with it. It was yeah. great. And so now it's working on with the book, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm enjoying the book. We, our big exposure will be in uh, the middle of October in New York. Yeah. And then we go to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and Boca Raton, and then we come back to Palm Springs, and then we go to San Francisco. Uh, I had a big event here in Beverly Hills a few weeks ago. That was fantastic. So we're just now doing the tour on the book, 13 Pieces of Unmatched Luggage in My Poodle. Yes, and everybody needs to check it out when it comes out because I had a chance to read it, and it is a good read. There's a lot of cheese in it. Thank you so much. very fascinating. And you can go to my website, and if anyone wants to order the book and Mm -hmm. get it, uh, it's bernardopuccio.com. That's B-E-R-N-A-R-D-O-P-U-C-C-I-O. Dot com, And you can get the book, and uh, I hope you enjoy reading it, because it's certainly been a wonderful ride, and yeah. as I always say, it's not over yet. I hope they turn um, the book into a movie at some point, because it would be an well, amazing you know, movie. My <laughs> dream, my dream is, and this is my dream, and so far all my dreams come true, is that it will be a Broadway show. <gasps> Ooh, I would yes. love that as a theater kid and that, that I did theater all through my childhood and college, all of that stuff. I would love that. If it became a stage play, I will be there opening night because that would be. But can amazing. you imagine that title? That's a perfect oh, title for a Broadway show. It would show. be perfect. <laughs> More than a movie. Right? I could see it as a Broadway oh, show. Oh, you're absolutely right, Bernardo. That would be amazing. <laughs> who would you want and to I play you? I have to you? make a cameo appearance yes. at the end at least. And who? But, uh, who would you want uh, to play you in a, in the Broadway production or movie? or movie? Yeah. Well, I thought you'd ask that question. <laughs> you know the guy who uh, who just did the movie who won Academy Award, uh, uh, Latin guy. Oh my God. Uh, uh, what was he in? What was uh, the movie he was in? The last movie just won Best Actor for Academy Award this year. Oh, this year. Okay. La- Oh, uh, and I'm it? sorry, the name went blank. Our, our fact anyway. checker would well, we'll look it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> looking it up right now. <laughs> oh my God, I'm just coming to me, and I'm sorry. Anyway, but uh, that would the, my story oh. would make a great Broadway yeah. oh, show from a Bohemian Rhapsody. Thank you, Roman Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. it. He's um, he's yeah. Egyptian. He is so handsome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could, he yeah, yeah, could yeah. play me. He could play me. Uh, oh, that would because be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> he has that Latin look, and uh, he, he he was small and petite like I was, and so but he could play me very very well. I could see him doing the part. It's the only person I could see doing that. But that it would make an. Inc- Who would you want to play your um, husband in the in the movie or the Broadway show? God, I can't even imagine. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's a blonde. Uh, it would be. One of the, one I, of the I have to think of that. I'm so actor. sorry. He's got one of the Skarsgård Never... brothers. Yeah, or there the... you go. <laughs> one of the Hemsworths. Yeah, Hemsworths. You know, he, he was very handsome, very yeah. tall, thin, and yeah. uh, blonde. And so there are yeah. many of those around. Yeah, if anybody Google it, because the pictures of you two when you because on you can Google it, and there's pictures of you guys. They were a hot couple back in the day. <laughs> oh, we were, oh, we really yeah, really were. Like, we were. I mean, you know, and as you saw in the book, and, and I, I always loved to get in costume. Uh, Halloween was always my favorite time of the year, 
And so I would always get in some outrageous costume, and I would always win prizes all over. <laughs> and um, so that was the thing. We would get in these magnificent costumes at Halloween, and a lot of my friends had costume balls. Of course, I'd always win first prize. And so that was really... Uh, so that was really not always drag. It was just different costumes. And uh, I was known for that and still are, you know, still known for it. So. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. But, yes, everybody needs to check out the book, 13 Pieces of Unmatched Luggage and My Poodle. It'll be out in October. I got to read it. It was a great read. It was heartwarming but still very very entertaining and a lot of juice on old hollywood i loved it <laughs> and everybody go visit bernardo's website bernardo com. you can pre-order the book there um yeah i'm just it's it's been a pleasure chatting with you it's been a real pleasure talking with you guys i really appreciate this phone call and as i always say Live your life the way you want to, not the way other people want you to. It's your life. Be yourself and, and be original. Don't try to copy other people. That's what I always said. I never copied other people. Other people copied me. That's great. But uh, be yourself. Be original. And be proud of who you are. Words to live by. Words to live by. Gay men. Yay. Gay men. <laughs> yeah, gay men. That's, that's the answer. Thank Not you. amen anymore. It's gay men. Gay men. Thank you we're so gonna much, rule this, We're going to rule this. Thank you, guys, very much. It was Thank a pleasure you. talking to you all. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Hope to meet you in person. Yes. yes. We would love that. Yes. Stay well. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> everybody we are back wasn't that an amazing interview oh my god he was very fascinating he what was. a life you know what i didn't ask what what is his poodle's name or what was his poodle's <laughs> name why did we ask him that i was so that was, was the most the important, important question, question. <laughs> but i was Megan. Kinda, i know, I know god I know. damn it megs i was kind of nervous because i'm like bernardo I don't know. bernardo if you i know you're going to be listening to this what was the poodle's name please let us know so we can tell and does he have current poodles or dogs now <gasps> oh yes. why didn't we ask that? but god i just it. didn't want to like i just didn't know and maybe it was yeah. sensitive because maybe the dog i don't know maybe oh. you think the dog lived 46 years you later. You could be like, no, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You could have been like Barbara Streisand uh-huh. and cloned your dog. It. Yes. I wouldn't there be you go. But that was such a fascinating interview. I cannot wait oh for people gosh. to read his book that comes out in October. It's going to be very, very fascinating. It was... It, it, I love the, the point of view from old Hollywood. I do too. That he has. And just... The life he's had is just fascinating. I swear, probably never a dull moment. I no, <laughs> especially it's always it's always fascinating to me to hear from. And I don't want to say because I, I mean it as a term of endearment, but like older queens, like yeah, you know. And I don't mean like old, but I'm just well, like don't talk about me like that. <laughs> Bitch. You are she, lock the door. She's not allowed back in. <laughs> well, if the depend fits, oh, Miriam is wearing two of them. <laughs> I just with him. I want to be invited to one of his like tea parties. Oh my god! Right? right? How like, amazing would that be? And I mean, who who do you think the guest list would be oh at his tea gosh. party? All I know is we would have to be on our best behavior. Oh number god, one, so we nervous. obviously can't drink. Number two, we have. He said to, he doesn't hang out with drunks. I feel I'm like, like, oh, well, right. Well, Mitch that. is not invited. <laughs> That's why I said tea party. You know, yeah. it's going to be very classy. We would have to like no cleavage, Tony. God damn it! No, I mean very covered up, very buttoned That's up. That's my best. No chichas. <laughs> No chichas at the tea <laughs> no party. Chicha. 
But no, I like I said, Michelada Cat Girl. She's invited. But I think it would be a really good interaction with him just to say hi and how are you. I would love to have been on the fly on the wall when he first met Elizabeth Taylor just to see the interaction and just I'm I I wanted to ask him like, is she as beautiful in person? Oh, you could tell was was (laughs) as beautiful in person. You could tell he thought so. Oh, Oh, for sure, you could tell. Because yeah. he was so nervous just yeah, meeting her. Exactly. I bet you she was gorgeous. <laughs> she probably was. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, you guys, we're going to get into something we do that's kind of new. Worst of the worst. I, I need to come up with a theme song for this. Yeah. We don't have one. If anybody time. wants to send us a theme song <laughs> for worst of the worst, send it to the gang at whoinvitedher.net. Is that it? Yes. Dot net, yes. <laughs> okay, so worst of the worst, you guys, this week. Shut up, peanut gallery. <laughs> worst of the worst this week. Worst thing you've done when you've been drunk. Do you guys have one? Yeah. Michelada? Megs? Yeah. I have Rob. so many. Pick a year. <laughs> 1962. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Do you have a Michelada? I, I have so many. Okay, so. Picture it. It was New York City, 2012. <laughs> picture it. Sicily. <laughs> when he said he was from Sicily, I wanted to say picture it. It was Sicily, 1920. Yeah. <laughs> no. So it was New York City, 2012. This actually has to be one of the stupidest things I've ever done. So I would take public transportation. I would take the subway from my apartment yeah. in Queens all the way to um, the West Village to perform. Yeah. So I would this one night, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to get shit-faced drunk during my performance. So I get super drunk, and I'm like, I was smart. I'm like, no, I'm not taking the subway home. I'm getting a cab because I just made Monty Hunty. So I get in the cab. She made $2. <laughs> it's like, this is give me a burrito to talk about. <laughs> so I'm literally on the taxi, and we're crossing the, the Queensboro Bridge. And as we're like in the middle, of the, I'm like, he obviously can't stop or pull over. And if I roll down my window, I'm like, fuck. He's going to kick me out if I start puking because I felt like I had to yeah. throw up so bad. So I had a bag. It wasn't my drag bag. It was like my boy work bag because I went from work to the show. So <laughs> as soon as we crossed the bridge, I just opened the bag and puked oh, my guts no. into it. No, no, no. Oh. I didn't get it anywhere in the cab. He was like super cool that I threw up into my own personal bag. bag. So I get home, of course, blackout drunk. So D-drag pass out for the next day and a half <gasps> well the next day i have to go to work and, you and so, so I, I grab my bag and i'm walking to starbucks oh, i'm like no. the fuck is that smell oh, no. <laughs> what the fuck is that smell and i'm like is it me i'm like smelling my like your armpit. insides that's like, what it I'm was like, what is that so finally i go to starbucks and i'm about to pay and of course i remember oh i have cash inside this bag and when i open it it's like nothing but ones covered in puke. It's like corn. <laughs> Some garnet so that's right. You know what hurt you know what hurt the worst? That, like I got this bag at like an H and M in Paris, like Oh no. Like in two thousand seven. So it was like my lucky bag. Well now like I ended up throwing just throwing it in the trash. <laughs> They're across what the street from like Paris, New York, drag, you know, just so fancy, fancy. She and meant then- Paris, California. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Megzi? <laughs> What's the worst you, thing you've done? You kind of stole my story, to be honest. <laughs> What's the worst thing it's you've bit, done when you've been well, drunk? Well, I'm going to go recently because there's too many. Last um, night. Not only bad decisions have been made about <laughs> when you wake up and who is next to you. Um, 
But this one was just like yours. I This was not very long ago. Um, my really good friends from Australia came into town. And so I took them out. And, of course, they wanted just to take shot after shot. And now, lately, I cannot do shot after shot. Yeah. Um, and it was of Screwball. I introduced oh, them yes. to Screwball, Screwball, which is the which is peanut which butter is whiskey. sponsor of, of Marion's Tea Party. party. Yeah. That minchilada is going to be in tonight. So my Australians <laughs> have never tried this, peanut butter whiskey. And we literally were going shot for shot. And um, next thing you know, somehow, I call an Uber they had left. I had left. They had called an Uber. Um, I or I had called an Uber. Mm-hmm. I get in the Uber and we're go, getting back to my place. And all of a sudden, I never have to puke, but I have to puke. And I'll, I'm like, hey, they're gonna. Ch- <laughs> Stop that! So they're gonna minimum charge you four hundred dollars if you yeah. puke in their cab or their mm-hmm. car. I literally opened up my shirt and puked down like my bra and my shirt. And I was wearing a white shirt, by the <gasps> way, and a white bra. Oy. Oh my God. And I'm like, <laughs> is that what it sounded like? So basically, so we get, but the Uber guy was so nice. A, I didn't have a drop of anything. I think I had like, I don't know, shit ton of money I just threw at him. And it probably was a couple hundred bucks at this point. Like I've gosh. been with you in those situations. I just threw money at him. Money. And I literally, I think I've like fell out of the cab, like crawling on the floor, like the street, like trying to get to my house. He's so mortified and is just like, oh my God, this girl. So he gets out of the car and helps me up and like walks me to my door. And I'm just like, you like know, at this point. Did you try to me? sleep with him? <laughs> You're a hero. <laughs> <laughs> I got a I got a medal down here for you with your name on it. No, I was I was I was mortified, mortified. Uh, you know what that reminds me of? Share Bear when we went to go see Hollow Dolly. Oh, and we she got, got her, so stoned. We got her stoned and drunk. Oh, she, she couldn't get out of the car. Megan's mother. Oh. <laughs> it was hilarious. The apple does not fall far from the tree. tree. Not at all. <laughs> so we had a lot of our listeners chime in this week about the worst thing they've done. So we're going to read them off and then we're going to the Wait, you haven't us. told us your worst right. of the worst. Uh, no, 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 He's sitting right there. I can't sing. <laughs> are, you anyway, saying, are you saying he's the worst thing you've done when you're drunk? Ten years later. And for our listeners, Tony is referencing Rob. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, sorry. <laughs> Rob's like, I'm not saying anything. Awkward silence. <laughs> okay, so our listeners, um, let's. Oh, sexy sloth, Miss Evelyn Rose. Oh, <laughs> chimed in on this one. <laughs> God, shall we have the tea party tonight? She too? will. The sexy sloth. Can you do her voice? Hey guys, how are you? <laughs> oh my God, Michelada. The elusive Evelyn Rose. Girl. <laughs> So she said, jumped into a second story window from outside in full drag because I dropped my keys. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> she was probably trying to break into yeah. someone's apartment. Let's get yeah, real. real. <laughs> <laughs> um, surf guy, my friend, Steven, said, bought a one-way ticket, one-way flight to Vegas with my friends. Have you ever done I that? I like that. I, I like that. I, like I shit would do like that. that. I would do that. I do shit like that. Actually, Basic yeah. Bash um, said, ordered a plane that was so boring. I'm so mad at him I'm for doing that. I'm disappointed. Come on. And then um, I think it's Briffin 1967 uh, said broke a porcelain sink in a dorm toilet by ripping it off the wall. 
So he got all He-Man on it. (laughs) And then, let's see, who else? Miss Mariam T. What? One time I threw a ping pong table from a two-story catwalk into a friend's living room. Miss Mariam T. She's strong. She was high. She must have been high. She's strong. Oh, I think the best. How much you think is she thinks that's the worst she's uh, done? Girl. That isn't the worst. I've girl. seen your <laughs> I've seen your drag. That's not the worst you've oh. done when you're. And our dear dear friend <laughs> Jay Guzman on Instagram said, "I left. I love this one. I left a, po- a Polaroid picture of myself in a tip jar." <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, it would have been funny if it was a picture of your dick. Right. It's like, Here's a tip. Wait, he didn't classify, uh, clarify which oh. part of himself oh, it was. Oh, that's true. It could have been. I feel like I feel like it was. Down oh, there. and our yeah. buddy Miss Amy Champagne temporarily uh, temporary alcohol poisoning rallied, got in a fight, and then had an orgy in the park. I am not surprised. An origin? Uh, what park is this? this I is am not surprised. I'm not surprised. And can that you please give an exact location and of yes, this park? And hopefully she. And is there a video? Yeah. <laughs> That's the important part. And she better pop some gum because yeah. once you throw up, but maybe people Which are into park that. Is it? It depends. Roar Park? No. Chicano Park, hell no. No, she was, she's not talking about here. Balboa Park, possibly. And then, uh, <laughs> Ew, with the bumps. I like this. Um, oh. Alga hates you on Instagram. Um, ditched my friends at a bar, walked home, woke up in front of my house under a tree. Oh. Yeah. That could be typical. Yeah. yeah that could I happen. Could see that. So out of those, I think Jay Guzman got it. Yes. Polaroid. <laughs> yourself in a tip jar. That wins this week. Yes, Jay Guzman. Let's thank you Jay for Guzman. that. Yes, let's give him an applause. <laughs> yes, those are the worst of the worst. Uh, we need a theme song for that. If anybody wants to send in a theme song, that would be amazing. Um, next, guess what time it's for you guys? We haven't done this in a while, Megs. Carol, for once in your life, shut your damn mouth. We got to get Mary MT to do the Carol dance during the tea party. Yes. Boy, just play the Carol music and she comes out dressed as Carol. Tonight tonight could be the night. Tonight could be the night. Come on, Michelada. Talk her into it. Yeah. um, Carol, who has a Carol this week? So my Carol of the week. Yes, Michelada. So in my regular day job, I'm not going to say who, what, when, where. Well, I guess I have to give some... Alcohol Boulevard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I work in healthcare and I actually have a patient who's on Alcohol Boulevard. <laughs> no, and I have a patient whose name is fucking Carol. Shut up. She is a her name is Carol and she's a fucking cunt. She is a, such Jeez. a piece of shit. No, she is she is a type of person that complains about everything and she calls her doctor useless <laughs> to oh, her face. You're useless. So, <laughs> you're saving so, yeah. my life, but so you're my, useless. So her so my Carol of the Week. It's fucking Carol. Carol, fuck <laughs> yeah. you, Carol. Manx. I don't know. I mean, everything is a Carol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the zits on my face are a Carol. <laughs> yeah, you're like a teenager. I right know. Now. What happened? Ooh, okay, to my defense, I have no makeup on, so shut the fuck up, bitches, number one. Number two, um, you know, like when you're in hotels every she five ran, seconds. She ran out of oh, wait, you're in hotels every five why, seconds? Why are you in a hotel every, every five, five seconds? seconds? You guys. She runs by the hour, you guys. Yes, yes. Well, apparently by the second. <laughs> when, they, when they don't have bananas that are fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, bananas? You know, like for breakfast? At the Continental Breakfast? Yes. 
which continent <laughs> we're having breakfast at. <laughs> when they're not fresh, you know, just shit. Like, oh, for instance, and then I so, left Oh, this my... is because you've been traveling a yes. lot. And then I lot. left. I just bought these brand new pair of really cute shoes, and I think I fucking left them in the rental car. And now the rental car is saying that they don't have them, and I know they're in there. And it's in, in San Francisco, so you know some queen stole them. <laughs> She's like, I like these heels. Some, some drag queen with, <laughs> yeah, were, is walking around yeah, San Francisco with Megan Steele. You know what? There's a lot of carols this week, so that's my carol. You know what would be so funny? If there is a drag queen in San Francisco named Carol <laughs> walking around with your heels, heels right on. now, that, so would, be that would be like Amazing. kismet. That is, I right. am seriously, Full they're circle. so cute. I just got them, and I only was able to wear them for a week, oh, and God. now you I know can't. What? Fucking My find Carol's them. a little more serious. Um, Carol <laughs> is when people start a sentence saying, "I don't want to be racist, but," or oh. "I don't want to stereotype, but," well, I don't want to be homophobic, phobic, but. but. Oh. <laughs> She That's thinks. my Carol. Just <laughs> because you say that, what does that make you? An Racist. asshole. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 okay. Okay. We took another, we took it somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> Both. An asshole and a racist. <laughs> That's my Carol. Robbie, do you have a Carol? Uh, no. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Robbie. I've had one for about 10, ten years. years. <laughs> He's sitting right across from me. Who do you think the real Carol has been all this time? Shut the Stab you in the eye. Again. No, Tony's Burn. gonna roll. He's gonna roll his eyes anyway. But what is it? You know, like when people put an apostrophe before the S Ugh. in their plurals. <laughs> oh yes. After. L a d y apostrophe. Oh my god! Are you one? Yes. I'm gonna agree with him because I am a grammar Nazi. Wait, 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 wait! I'm such a grammar Nazi. Are you guys? Then fine, both of you. Are you guys like all pissed off when people text you "your" versus "you are"? Yes. Oh yes. Oh no no. I especially love it when like you're like going like either an email or a text argument with someone. And then instead of like just coming at them like with like a comeback, all you do is correct their grammar. <laughs> that is, I am. What if somebody texts and just puts the letter U and R? That covers all. I you mean, are. that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I don't care. I like, I, that. like mm-hmm. you're already, you're already telling me you're an idiot. But <laughs> hey, both of you, you guys are. Don't look at White Eric when you say I that. Did not look at him. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna take the knife out of her speedo. Sometimes I text so fast that I can't. I don't want to go back and correct my I do. fucking. I your. correct. No. I correct my texts all the time. No, <laughs> stupid. Wow, Rob, way to start an argument. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> and those are our carols of the week, everybody. For once in your life, shut your damn mouth. <laughs> oh, you guys, that is it for us this week. Minchilada, how do people find you? Um, usually <laughs> on Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> well, right now, kind of drunk. But no, usually on Alcohol Boulevard. <laughs> normal. No, um, you can find me on Instagram at Michelle underscore Ada, Michelle with one L. You can find me on Facebook, Michelle Ada. Or you can also find me on Twitter. As Michelle Ada. <laughs> like, if you open my Twitter, the first thing you see is porn, porn, porn. You follow one porn star, and everyone fucking comes up on there. Oh, wow, but you're yeah. not doing porn. Oh, no. Why not? Oh, honey, no I one thought. would pay to see this. I thought that, that is a they pay, truth. They pay, they, pay, they pay me to see more shit pile on. <laughs> They're like, cover it up. Cover it up. <laughs> how much for you to put on a muumuu? Makes. how do people find you? <laughs> Nowhere. Uh, <laughs> 
How do they find her? Usually intoxicated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. exactly. With the queens. And yes. you guys, you can follow the podcast at who invited her underscore podcast on Instagram. We are who invited her SD on Facebook and Twitter. And you can always email us at the gang at who invited her dot net. We love hearing from everybody. And you guys, give us a call. 619-822-2369. Leave a message. Get anything you want off your chest. Maybe you have a deep, dark secret that you or want to Carol. tell somebody. Yes. <laughs> a deep, dark secret. Leave it. And we will just listen to it. We won't tell anybody. It's Nobody just us. Just us. <laughs> <laughs> also, too, we have a playlist on Spotify of all the songs in the band choices of the week. So go ahead and follow that. It's who invited her on Spotify. That's our playlist. Without my forgetting, Rob. Um, make sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you're listening to us <laughs> yeah. on. We have merchandise on the website. And if you want to um, be a part of our Worst of the Worst each week, you have to follow us on Instagram. Yes, Instagram. We post it every week on Instagram, a new Worst of the Worst. Um, and we love it. And we'll read it. And we'll vote for the best one. And you can find Mexican Eric at... Sexy Mexi Eric on Instagram. Miss <laughs> Miriam T is the Miriam T. She has a tea party tonight, which is going to be back to school, right? Is the theme. Back to school night tonight at Urban Mo's. And then next week, you on what day is? Um, uh, Friday, what's the tea at number one Fifth Avenue? Yep. Showtime is at 1030. There you go, you that guys. Will be relevant. And Rob, how do people Not find you? Uh, what is my name? Um, I have no idea. Do you even have an Instagram? Do you I know do. where you are? I am on Instagram, and I what? I Rock, really Rocko, R O R Y C O. Jesus Christ! Come on now, it. Rob, pull it together. <laughs> the last time I posted was like December. I know. So, and you can follow Bashy. It's say my name underscore Bash. Um, he should be back in two weeks. He is not doing. He's just not feeling well. It's touch or go. Yeah. So we're giving him a little break. <laughs> poor, poor guy. Little Midge. Poor Bashy. <laughs> I know. I shouldn't yeah. say that. But he is. Anyway. <laughs> All right, you guys. Today, the band pick is because of Elizabeth Taylor. Diamonds. Diamonds are girl's oh. best friend. Diamonds. Marilyn Monroe. We're going to leave you with that. I haven't heard this song in forever. Do you know what musical this was from? Uh, Gentlemen's prefer blonde. Yay, thank you, Minchilada, for joining us this week. Thank you for having me. And Miss Megs. Always a pleasure. <laughs> and the Erics. Why thank you, Erics. <laughs> on the floor. You know what it's like? It's like one of those whirly cones, the chocolate in the vanilla. All right, you guys, we will be back next week, and we will see you later. Bye. Adios. Goodbye, darling. We'll pay the rental on your humble flat. Or help you at the automat Men grow cold as girls grow old And we all lose our charms in the end But square cut or pear shape These rocks don't lose their shape Diamonds are a girl's best friend Tiffany's Time.